Well, this is part three of our series, Jesus Stories. And and what this series really is, is us looking at the stories that Jesus told us, listening to Jesus teach other people the way that that he's inviting them to live and and not just teaching them kind of a bullet point list of things to believe, but but painting a picture of what it looks like for us to live this out. And so we're leaning in, listening to the stories that Jesus used to teach others and and then looking to figure out ways that that it actually applies to our lives so that we don't just find ourselves, um, I think it's good for us to find ourselves in the big story of God, right? The, the big redemptive story that, that God has been working all along, but uh, for us to also find ourselves in the smaller stories, these, these stories that Jesus told that, that help us understand what it looks like to actually live out our faith. There's so many times that uh, Jesus, when he's trying to help someone understand something that maybe they're resistant to, or it's a hard truth, or it's something that's going to be difficult for them to understand, he, he leans in and he says, well, let me tell you a story. Let me help you understand what this looks like. When, when you can, We can learn it in a way that, uh, that gets stuck in your head in some ways. Stories have that way of, of sticking with us. Uh, Jesus taught in parables in part, I think, because he wants us to remember, because he wants us to, to have some sort of way of learning and listening that, that's portable, that goes with us when we go out and we do other things in our lives, that, that stories tend to stick in ways that, that just raw information doesn't, uh, doesn't quite stick in the same way. And I think the other piece is that uh, Jesus really cared that we actually lived it out, that we actually find ways to to apply what we're learning to the act of living. And so we look and and we learn and and then we start to make the connection between what we believe and how we live, that that there becomes congruence between what we believe and and the way that we live, which is what Jesus came to to lead the way for us all along. And so this morning, we, we continue in our, in our series of Jesus stories, and we're looking at a passage that uh, for some may be a really familiar story. There may be some of us that, that have learned and, and spent some time in this particular passage before. Um, but for me, this, is, this story is, is helpful because I have this need for, uh, for order, right? When, when things feel chaotic, when things feel like it's, it's kind of like coming from all sorts of different directions, it's, it's good for me, it's helpful for me to, to pause and say, um, so, so what's the framework, right? What's, what are like the basic building blocks of this? What's the foundation? How do we understand the different categories that, um, that we might fall into? And, and then looking and saying, well, so, so can this be diagnostic? Can we understand where it is that, we're, that we are so we can understand where we are? Uh, kind of how we get to where we're heading. And so this is a, a story that, that helps us understand that, that helps us understand uh, really like how do I, how do I, how do I relate to God? Where, what's God maybe wanting to do with me? What's he wanting to do as, as a next step for me? And then it's also helpful because it, it's, it's a, one of the, the stories, um, and it doesn't always happen this way, that, that we get to see Jesus actually interpret the story as well. So it's a story where, where Jesus tells the story, and then he says, because I care about you, because I care about this particular truth so much that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time explaining it to you so you can understand it clearly. And so our passage starts in Matthew chapter 13. It's in the, the beginning of Matthew chapter 13. And it starts with this, as Matthew records uh, the story. It says this, the same day, uh, or that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. And such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore, and then he told them many things in parables. And he started and he said this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And this has been an eventful day for Jesus. The, 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 the day that, um, that Matthew's talking about, he says, on this same day, this is a, a moment where Jesus has been doing a lot of teaching. This is a day that's, that's been rich in learning about what it looks like to live in the Jesus way. This is a day that, that earlier in the day, there was a, a question about who was who actually part of Jesus's family. And so he, he lays out this kind of, there's two types of people, this, this another kind of opportunity for, for order within the chaos. He says, if you know, this, this is who my family is, or these are the, the types of people 
or this is the type of behavior that, that would identify someone as being part of my family. And so then he goes and continues to teach. He, he goes and this, this crowd begins to gather around. And so he goes out on this boat and he begins to speak to, uh, to these people who have gathered on the shore. And he's teaching in parables. He's telling people stories that, that they're going to be able to remember and take with them as they, as they go about the rest of their lives. And he starts the story and he says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. He says, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And other seed fell among thorns which grew up and, and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And then Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. And so he's starting this story. He's beginning to unpack this kind of framework for understanding the spiritual journey, a framework maybe for us to understand the condition of our hearts to say, so what is it that God's wanting to do in me that, that gets me ready for what's next? And so he describes these four different types of soils and the, and the way that the seeds kind of like took root or didn't take deep root or the way they kind of like responded once they fell into that soil. And then Jesus talks to his, his disciples. He, he talks to those who's, who have gathered there. And, and then he begins to, to move into a, a time of interpretation, a time of helping them understand this particular story. And so in verse 18 of, of Matthew chapter 13, he says this, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. He says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in their heart. He says, This is the seed sown along the path. Matthew is, is recording not just the story, but he's recording what Jesus said the story actually means. This, this story would have been a story that Jesus would have told probably many times, that, that those who had been journeying with Jesus, those who had been following him closely, would have, would have probably heard Jesus tell this story repeatedly because this was one of the ways that he helped people understand the, the mission of God and the way that, that God works in, in and through people's lives. For Matthew, this, this parable is important, I think, for him as he's writing to a church who, who was experiencing intense persecution. He's writing to them to, to help them understand the, the, life that, um, the life that they really should expect, what, what the life following Jesus actually looks like. So Matthew writing this, he's, he's talking about the parable of the sower, right? He's talking about this, the, these seeds that are falling. He's writing to a, to a group of people who were experiencing persecution who, who needed to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus, who needed to keep their eyes fixed on the sower. And so Jesus speaking uh, maybe would have entitled this one the, the parable of the soils because the, the reality is what, what makes things distinct, the seed is not different between the different soils. The, the sower doesn't change between the different types of soils, but, but the soil is what's different. And so Matthew talking about the parable of the sower, Jesus, as he tells the story, in some ways the, the emphasis seems to fall more on, uh, more on the seeds or, or on the soil as he begins to speak that Jesus seems to be more concerned in this particular story about the way the soil responds to the seed that's been placed in it. Um, interested in, in watching people wrestle well with, with the condition of their lives, with the condition of, of maybe the, the, the way that their hearts respond to the story, to the truth of the kingdom that's been put into their lives. Wrestling with the truth um, and, and then learning what it looks like for them to apply it to their own lives. And he continues to, to interpret, to help them understand what the story means. He said the seed in verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground, refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, right, the, the problem comes in that when they have no root, they, they last only a short time. When, when trouble or persecution becomes, of the, uh, comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
right? Matthew writing to people who were experiencing persecution, writing saying, look, this is something that Jesus told us we should probably expect, but, but here's what we do, or this is how we respond when we begin to experience those things that, that would tempt us to lean out, would tempt us to, to give up on the journey because it's gotten difficult. He says this, the, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but, but then the, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And then verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Jesus, once again, talking about seeds, right? Once again, talking about the way that the, way that the kingdom works in our lives, the way that the kingdom works and spreads throughout the world and using the picture of a seed, saying that, that there is so much that's hidden, right? There's so much that, that happens under the surface. There's so much that, that we don't understand about the way seeds work. And yet that's how things work. Yet that's, that's maybe for us the most helpful way to understand the way that God works in our lives sometimes, right? In this quiet, hidden reality that, that we talk about seeds, we don't get to choose the seeds, right? We don't even get to choose how the seeds grow or, or when they grow or, or what it takes for them to take root. But we do have to choose our response, right? We do have to choose the, the way that we'll respond to those, those seeds that are placed in our lives. And, and what Jesus seems to be describing is that, is that reality shows up in these different types of soil. Right? It shows up in these, these four categories of, of the, way that, the way that lives respond to the truth of, of, of what Jesus is talking about. There's, it starts with, I think, two obvious types of soil. The first being the path, right? That um, you look and you say, like this is, this is the seed that's thrown, but, but the path has been, has been hardened, right? It's been, it's been stepped on so many times. It's been trampled over. It's been pushed down. It's been, it's been pressed. And, and all these things have happened to it that, that have made it very, very difficult for the seeds to even be able to, to penetrate the surface, right? To even kind of get into that particular soil. And not only that, there's these birds that, that have swept in that, that are coming in and they're, and they're snatching the seeds as it's being laid. And, and in some ways, the soil, if we were talking about the, kind of like the personification of this, that, that the soil would say, look, I've, I've been stepped on so many times. I've been trampled over. There's so many things that have happened to me. And, and then even now that this truth is showing up, these seeds are showing up in my, lives that, in my life that now these birds are coming in and taking it. Right? There's this tendency that uh, we have, I think, as we, as we experience that reality, as we experience this, uh, the, the frustrating reality, really, of, 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 that, of the soil like that path would be for us to blame the birds, right? For us to, to spend our time being frustrated with the way, the, the way the birds are snatching these things up or making it difficult for the seed to take root in our lives. And yet Jesus seems to be saying that um, it's maybe not about the birds, right? It's not about blaming the birds, but it's about paying attention to the soil in our lives, paying attention to those things that, that have caused our lives to be hardened, that have caused our lives to, to, to be such a way that, that, um, that the soil can't, or the, that the seeds can't even take root in that soil. So there's the path, right? That's one of the obvious types of, of seeds. If you're thinking like, well, if, if Jesus is talking about the way that we respond to the gospel, if Jesus is talking about the way we respond to the truth of the kingdom, then, then it's like, well, it's like some people are going to be hardened. And, and it seems like because of life experiences or because of just a lack of openness, and then, and then others are, are going to be like the good soil. Right, that um, that it's going to be this this more receptive reality that the soil that, that the seeds fall and and they take root and it seems like everything's going well and 
we can maybe identify uh, people that, that we have seen that, that it just seems to make sense for them, right? That, that spirituality or a life lived towards Jesus seems to come more naturally to them. And maybe for some of us, it makes us feel more and more like uh, that, that our lives are, are more like the path, right? It's, it, it, and so we look and we start to do this comparison and say, well, there's this kind of like binary reality that it's either like, man, it's just hard, right? This, the, the soil is hard or, or the soil is good. But Jesus doesn't let us off the hook with a binary reality. He doesn't let us off the hook with, with just this binary decision that, that it's the path or it's good soil. We'd, we'd like for it to be that simple, right? We'd like for it to be just one of two things. Uh, but there's these other two types of soil that, that give a, a sense, I think, of the journey that, that help us understand potentially what next steps might look like for us. Because Jesus talks about the rocky ground. He talks about this, this ground that, that when, the, when the seeds fall, that, that maybe they start to grow, that there's this excitement about what's happening, but then things get difficult, right? But then there's this, there's this situation where the, the roots don't go deep, that, that there's things in our lives that, that keep our roots from going deep. And so Jesus seems to speak of, there's these things that, that keep us from going deeper, spiritually speaking, that, that, that function like this rocky soil, that, that keep the roots from going deep, which, which causes us to be stunted in our growth, which, which causes us that, to, to live a reality that when things get difficult, it's more difficult for us to, to sustain our spiritual lives in, in, the, in the face of persecution. And so there's this rocky ground, but then there's, this all, there's also the thorny soil, which, which has to do with fruitfulness, right? If, if the rocky soil, the problem with the rocky soil is that is it damages our roots or causes us to, to have a difficulty in gaining roots, then, then the challenge with the thorny soil is that it makes fruitfulness really difficult, right? That, that it might be possible for a plant to grow in, in this thorny ground, that, that the roots could go down deep, but, but the reality of it actually bearing fruit becomes difficult because there's things that are present in that life that, that are causing it to be, that, that are causing those plants to be stunted, that are causing the fruitfulness to be diminished. And so these are the ones that, that, that hear the word, right, as Jesus is speaking of the seed that's being thrown, but, but then maybe don't give it the position in, its, in their lives that, that it requires, right, that they, they don't give it the proper place in their lives, that, that there's something that God's wanting to do, this transforming work that God's wanting to do, but, but as that plant grows, as that seed goes and, and breaks through the soil and begins to, to get to the point where it might potentially be fruitful, and there's these there's these things that are present in that life. There's these things that are present in that soil that, that prevent the fruitfulness, right? That there's, there's something in our lives that's, that's, pre, that's preventing us from being fruitful, that's, that's actually causing us to, to, to work around that or that's, that's shaping everything else in our lives. And Jesus identifies this as, as, in some ways, it's the worries of this life or the deceitfulness of wealth that, that choke the word. And, and it doesn't just make the plant not grow, it causes it to be un fruitful. I think one of the challenges with the thorny soil for us as we think about our lives, as we think about what this looks like played out in our lives, is, is that the thorny soil is, is, is what makes this, our spiritual lives just about us, right? That, that we're okay with our roots going deep. It's, it's actually the, the challenge of the thorny soil is that it's actually not an issue of depth. It's an issue of, it's an issue of fruitfulness, and so we may, because our roots go down deep enough, because things seem to be working, because it seems like we've got a healthy plant, that, that we may tend to allow some things in our lives that function like those thorny plants around us 
um, without being concerned or without being really like driven to deal with those things, to being driven to, to remove or to allow God to do that transforming work that removes those thorns or those thorny plants from our lives. We, we become so satisfied with, with the fact that we have our roots, but we fail to notice that, that there's something that's, that's causing us to be unfruitful. It's not an issue of depth. It's an issue of fruitfulness. It's an issue of it being just about us. And I think this is one of the moments where we pause and we say, God, thank you for teaching us with simple stories. God, thank you for, for, for speaking uh, in a way that, that helps us understand that, uh, that we can look and we can see these simple stories and we can apply them, uh, not just to life 2,000 years ago, but we can apply it to life now to, to recognize that the things that they were wrestling with, the things that, that Jesus was speaking into are things that, that we continue to, to wrestle with today. Um, it's not just the uh, just that reality, not just the simplicity of it, but there's the, the other great thing about um, this parable is that it's not just about our efforts to bear fruit, right? It's not just about the the way that that we somehow like will ourselves to bear fruit, but it's about the it's it's about a story of faithfulness, allowing God to do transforming work in us that that leads to fruitfulness. That um, that it's God's transforming work in us that that prepares the soils of our the soil of our hearts that um, that allows us to to be fruitful in the kind of way that Jesus is describing. I think one of the problems with our, uh, with our approach sometimes to, spirit, to, to our spiritual lives is that, is that we want the outcome. We, we, we want the fruit without the work. We want the, we want the outcome without the hard work. We want the fruit without, <laughs> without the faithfulness. Uh, the, that long obedience, the process that we have to go through, not just of, of the seed growing, but, but of the soil being prepared, of, of God dealing with the rockiness, of God dealing with the kind of like the trampled on reality of the path, of, of God dealing with the weeds that are present, the, the thorns that are present in our lives to, to help us be prepared to, um, to move into what God has next for us. I think for some for some of us, maybe we even get confused with with what the fruit actually looks like, and we start to think that it's that that fruitfulness is is us doing something for God and then offering it back to Him, um, when the reality is, is fruitfulness for us really is God doing something in us that He's then offering to the world as a as a means to to draw other people to Himself through our lives, right? Because when, when God speaks of good fruit, when God speaks of fruitfulness, we look at in Galatians chapter five, Paul writes this, that but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, the things that God does, the, the fruit that, that is born in our lives as we, as we dig our roots down deep, as, as God does this transforming work, even in the soil of our lives, not just in the process of growing the plants, but the fruit that, that comes from that really is relationally oriented. It's, it's helping other people see a, li a life that, that's radically different, that allows God to love other people through us, to, to draw other people to himself through our lives. So when we spend our time worrying that we've got to be fruitful, that we've got to somehow will or work our way to fruitfulness so that we can give this offering back to God, when, when the reality is what Jesus is describing is, 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 is the better way. It's saying, why don't we let God do his work in us, that, that he can do his work in us and then offer our lives to the world as, as a means for them to see God more clearly through our lives. To understand what fruitfulness looks like makes us, or helps us understand what's at stake, helps us understand the, the way that we're called to live this out. The reality is the good news, the good news in this story is that all four soils have hope, right? I think it's, there's a danger in looking at a story like this and saying, well, it's, it's really just a story of celebrating the good soil. But the reality is Jesus and John, uh, John, is, John uh, records the story. He says this, that, that Jesus for, uh, says this, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That whoever believes in him, that, that God gets to work, that, that there is hope for every single type of soil. It's just a question of, are we willing to allow God to do the work? Are we willing to allow God to, to, to deal with the condition of, our so, of the soil in our lives? For some of us, we're, we have a heart that, that's like the path. Right, that it may have been soft at some point, that it, that it may have even resembled the good soil at some point in our lives, but, but things have happened. Right? There's, there's this reality that, that we've been trampled on or, or there's been these birds that have been plucking the seeds from our lives and there's so many things that have happened to us that, that make us feel like we're, we're so far away. There's no chance that these seeds could ever kind of like take root in our lives. We have to ask questions like, why am I resisting what God wants to do in my life? Why is it that, that when these seeds begin to fall, what is it that's keeping me from, from allowing God to do this kind of work? To ask ourselves questions like, am I blaming the birds or am I, am I dwelling on past tramplings and, and instead of recognizing what God is trying to do now? This is an opportunity, even now, as we start to imagine, I think as, as, as the world begins to imagine life after the, uh, the coronavirus and after all the things that we've been experiencing, that, that we're talking about reemerging. But the question is, how are we going to reemerge? That, that this is an opportunity for us to wrestle with some hard questions, to allow God to reveal himself to our lives in new kinds of ways. That it may take, uh, for, for our lives, it may take some hard work. That, that the process of, of that soil being broken up, the, this path that's been trampled on, this path that, that in some ways has been mistreated by all the things that have happened to it, that uh, that, that work is going to be difficult, right? There's going to be painful moments, but, but God is here to help. That God is wanting to help break up the soil of our lives. It's, it's worth it to go through the process. And the good news, I think, for me, that, that I think of different moments in my life where this has been my reality. The, the good news is that um, if, if you're watching this video, if you're, you're experiencing this, the, the reality is that if you're doing that, there's a, there's a great chance that, that God is already starting to do that work. That, that there's a reason why you're drawn to this video. There's a reason why you're drawn to the teachings. There's a reason why you're drawn to scriptures is that God's wanting to do a work in you. So it's not that God has given up on you. It's not that there's not hope. It's just that, that there's some work ahead that, um, that's going to require you to, to, to trust God as he begins to do that, that, that breaking up of the soil in your life. If your heart is like the rocky ground, if, if there's, there's these things that are preventing the, the roots from going deep, we have to ask ourselves questions like, am I rooted in God, right? Am, am I willing to stand when things get difficult? What is it that, uh, what is it that I'm actually rooted in? Uh, one of the ways that we can understand that is saying, what, what's my life focused on? What's, what's shaping who I'm becoming? And we look at that and we say, are those things that are present in my life preventing my roots from going deeper, preventing the, 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 the roots from going deeper and really bearing fruit because they're preventing the, the bearing of fruit because there's things that, that are preventing the, the roots from going deeper. That the question that we maybe need to get before God and ask is, is what's keeping my roots from going deeper? And then, and then to, to turn, and once we've received the answer from that, once God's begun to, to speak into our lives and begin to reveal things to us, to, to get passionate about removing those rocks, to get passionate about allowing God to do that transforming work that, that gets those things out of the way. It might be a mentality or certain things that we're doing that, that, that keep us from, from going deeper. There's things that we're using as excuses potentially that say, well, this is why the roots in my the, the, my roots don't go deeper. This is why things don't go deep because I'm you know I'm I'm a, I'm a shallower person or I just can't even imagine what depth even looks like. For us to trust the process, for us to trust the God who who desires for us to have deep roots, who desires for us to go deeper, and and is willing to walk with us even when it requires the removing of rocks, even when it requires the breaking up of of this rocky soil. 
because God loves us, because God cares about our spiritual journey, because God cares about progress, because God cares about what it is we're rooted in. Because what we're rooted in, our roots are, are both the anchor for our lives and also the, 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 the source of our nourishment, which means that what we're rooted in becomes what we're anchored in. What we're rooted in becomes what we're feeding on. And so we have to choose wisely. We have to allow God to speak into that. And so then you have, our, for some of us, our, our hearts are like that thorny soil where the, 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 the seeds fall and, they, and the roots, it seems to be going well. But then, but then when it comes time for fruitfulness, when it come time, comes time for, it to, to, for, for those, those seeds to actually bear fruit, that there's these, these thorny realities around us that, that prevent fruitfulness. And so then we have to ask God to show us in that moment as, as we wrestle with that, to ask God to show you what things in your life are choking out the work that he wants to do in you and through you. Right? What is it that's preventing fruitfulness? God, why are there things or are there things that I'm holding on to? Are there things that I'm allowing to be present in my life that, that's keeping me from actually bearing fruit that's, that's beneficial to the world around us? To, to think in terms of the kingdom, to think in terms of what does it look like for it to not just be about me, but for me to be able to bear fruit that, that draws other people to God. Right, to say, God, I want to get passionate about this. I want to do whatever it takes to, to go through the process to remove those, to remove those thorny realities from my life so that, that, these, the, that the seeds don't just grow roots, but they grow fruit as well. And then we ask God to not just show us those thorny realities, but then ask him to start clearing the way that, that, the, that what we can get excited about is that the conditions are right for growth in this moment, that, that all we have to do is deal with the thorns, right? That, that everything about the soil is ready. It's just the reality that, that there is something that's preventing fruitfulness. So are we willing to take that next step? Are we willing to allow God to do that work? Because it's going to be difficult sometimes. There's going to be things that, that maybe we're holding on to that, that are the, the very things that are keeping us from being fruitful. And to say, God, I want what you want for me more than I want to hold on to what maybe what I'm used to holding on to. And then for some of us, we're, we're in a season where maybe our hearts are like that good soil, where, where there, it seems to be rooted, the, the roots are going deep and, and the plants are growing well and, and there seems to be fruitfulness. And, and, and Jesus seems to be suggesting that we should get excited, right? That that, that reality is, is exciting because it's not just about us, but it's about this fruit that, that's born from those kinds of lives that, that, that makes a difference in the world around us. And so if our lives are beginning to resemble that good soil, if our lives are, are beginning to resemble what, what Jesus seems to be describing with good soil, then, then we should begin to get excited and, and start to expect God to do more and more and more. Get, getting comfortable with, with God working through the seeds process, with, with God do, doing things that, that, that in us begin to change the world around us, to, to, to lean into the kind of fruitfulness that, that Jesus describes, to understand what life can look like to recognize that, that what makes the good soil fruitful is the faithfulness, right? That, that says, I'm gonna be faithful to what God is doing, be faithful to the process, and I'm gonna allow God to bear fruit in my life a hundredfold or 60-fold or 30-fold or, or whatever that looks like because we're not so much focused on the outcomes. We're focused on faithfulness. We're focused on listening and trusting in what God is doing and then allowing Him to bear fruit in our lives. And so we're called this morning as we wrestle with this reality to, to stay faithful regardless of the soil, right? To, to, to stay faithful and let God make us fruitful. Let God do the work in us that, that breaks up the hard soil, that, that, that deals with the rocky soil, that, that deals with the thorns in our lives or then multiplies in the good soil. May it be true of us that we're a people who stay faithful and allow God to do his transforming work in us and through us.